Hello, my name is Charles Johnson, and this is the Alabama Entrepreneur Podcast. Alabama entrepreneurs telling their stories, giving us a better understanding of the small business experience. Today's small business story, Erica Despain, owner of All Things Madison. All Things Madison was founded in 2020 by a local resident who desired to connect our city in new ways. From stories about the great things our neighbors are doing to resources for those who are visiting, All Things Madison strive to be a one-stop shop for everyone who lives, works, plays, and visits Madison, Alabama. Please visit Erica's website for more information, allthingsmadison.com. Erica, what has been a specific, extraordinary customer service experience you have received from a local small business? I recently had a great partnership with a local nursery, actually, Indian Creek Nursery. They provide amazing bushes and perennial flowers and trees and the whole nine yards. They're an amazing nursery here in town. And it was a very organic partnership. They were looking to share all of their seasonal products and I genuinely needed plants for my home. They were extremely easy to work with we accomplished our goal of I shared a very natural experience of how they fit my need, but then I also served their need where I shared about my experience and it brought them business. So they were extremely pleased with the partnership and, and so was I. It was truly a win-win for both parties. All right, well, there you have it, Erica's exceptional customer service story. Erica, what was it like growing up in Madison, Alabama? Madison was a lot smaller than it is now. Um, people would still say it's a small town, but it was a really small town back then. I remember when we became our own city school system. We had just three elementary schools, now we have seven. We had just one high school, now we have two that are both bursting at the seams. We didn't have a lot to do entertainment-wise, like people would think high schoolers would want to do, but. We enjoyed that simple life. We enjoyed the football games. We enjoyed hanging out at each other's houses. It was just a very simple way of growing up and I loved it here. How did you learn the skill of writing and blogging? Sure, so I've always loved to write. So I turned that into something I could use in high school. So I joined the newspaper class, became assistant editor of the paper my senior year and decided that I would always do some sort of writing. So I majored in journalism in college, then I went on to teach secondary education in English after I graduated. And then in 2008, I kind of did what everybody did, which is I made a blog just to write about my life because that was what everybody was doing. And I'm kind of one of those that just never stopped blogging. <laughs> I figured out that you can actually make money from writing kind of like a modern day shoe salesman in, in a department store. And I just haven't stopped. And it combines all the things I'm passionate about. Did you find that you knew how to write at an early age? I have always loved expressing myself creatively through writing. I find that when I have these thoughts in my head, I love to put them on paper. I love to type them out. I'm someone that loves to 
share the good things that I find out about. And so writing was an easy way to do that. And now I'm doing it for a living. <laughs> now you are a marketer. Yes. But you as a business also have to market. Sure. So what have you found has been a good way for you to market your business? Ooh, that is a tough question. I'm still learning, I would say. I have learned enough to keep me stable and to represent my business well and other businesses well, but I would say that no entrepreneur knows how to do everything perfectly. And so as a new entrepreneur, new-ish entrepreneur, that's an area that I'm still experimenting with is how to market my own business. Have you found anything that has worked for you that you feel like has been beneficial to your business? Sure, there's two things. So I heavily market my business through my email newsletter. I don't own social media, but I do own my email newsletter. And so I use that heavily to make sure that people see my content every single week in their inbox. But you also can't ignore that social media is a great free way to market your business. So I have tried to really learn my audience and serve them well via social media. When you sign up for your email, mm -hmm. you get a free gift. Yes. And the free gift gives you a guide on restaurants in Madison. Yes. I think that's genius. How <laughs> did you come up with that? So I have to give credit to my former assistant slash nanny. My kids were homeschooled last year and I'd also just started a business. So I said, I need help. I need someone to be my right arm because I needed help. And she said, look, we need to give people something that they can just download right in their computer. And what is everybody always looking for? Something related to food. So we actually pared down the restaurant guide and we made it a novelty restaurant guide where it's full of restaurants that you won't find everywhere. They maybe have five locations or less, but you'll find them here in Madison. So it's easy, you sign up for my email newsletter, you get a PDF in your inbox, you save it to your desktop, and actually version two is coming out in two weeks. And will the people that are already signed up receive that yes. new edition? Yes, so the people that are already signed up, I have about 1,500 subscribers right now, they will all receive it first. So the perks of being a current email subscriber, and then if you are not subscribed, you'll have the opportunity to do that and then receive edition two. What skills do you think are important for this type of business that you have? I don't know if you would call this a skill, but I think it's really important to not always think about what I want to see, but what my customer wants to see. So I put myself in the position of someone who just lives here in Madison and they're looking for the general things they need in their day-to-day -day life. They need a pressure washer, they need pest control. They're not just looking for a place to get a cocktail or brunch on the weekends. They're looking for those real things that no one else is writing about. How can I give them those resources? And then I seek those out and make sure I'm serving my audience. So again, I don't know if you would call that a skill. I just really try and think of how can I serve my audience? What do they need from me? And I don't think that most people can go live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you do a live video uh, every week. Every week. Uh, or try to at least every week. Yes, the Madtown Minute. Mm -hmm. The Madtown Minute. So that does take a skill to be able to do that. 
Sure. Writing takes a skill mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I would think that most people would not be able to do what you do just simply because those are, are very difficult, challenging skills. Sure. So writing is definitely a skill that you need. I would say also a level of comfort with talking on stage or talking on camera and also a level of just incredible organization. <laughs> I think every entrepreneur relates to that, that especially in the beginning when you may not have a full staff. Are you able to wear many hats in order to make the operations go smoothly? So incredible organization is absolutely necessary. Not being afraid. Mm -hmm. So you have the skill of being able to talk and communicate mm -hmm. to people, an audience, if you will. Yeah. How did you learn that? So I was actually, I've had many jobs. My husband's in the military, so I was never in one place. I kind of bopped around a little bit as we moved. So during a season of life when he was deployed, I was a national school public speaker. That is a whole story in itself, but for about a year, I traveled the country with an organization called Rachel's Challenge and spoke about one of the victims of the Columbine shootings, actually. And I would speak to crowds of two to 3,000 live every day around the country. And so during my training for that is where I received a lot of that technical training. And I'll never forget one of the best pieces of advice that actually the victim's dad, who was the, you know, the CEO of the company, Daryl Scott, he said, if you are nervous on stage, you're thinking about yourself probably, and you may be a distraction from actually delivering the message that people are there to hear you speak. So they're not there necessarily because they wanna see you talk. They're there because they wanna hear what you have to say. So stop thinking about yourself and think about how you can add value to your audience and what they came here to hear. And I thought it was so true. So I apply that when I do my Madtown Minute. People don't jump on the Instagram so they can see me talk. They don't care about me. They want to hear what I have to share about the city they live in or work in or visit. So that's what I focus on. <laughs> that's great advice. I, it really changed the game when it came to public speaking for me. What did you have to do to become a business in Madison, Alabama? Sure, so I had to apply for a business license. So I did that at the courthouse, which was very easy, paid a small fee. I applied for my LLC, and I eventually did get an accountant to handle the finances. My husband and I have tried to do as much as we can right from the beginning, because this is not something I want to do for a year or two years. This is something that we truly want to grow for a couple of decades. So we've tried to do things legally right from the very beginning. And I guess that would also mean that you opened up a separate bank account. Yes, absolutely. So everything is completely separate, its own entity. Yep. Yes, I have a separate bank account. I use QuickBooks. I have a website for contracts. We've really tried to do things right from the beginning. How did you develop your contracts? Sure. So there are great websites for that, <laughs> that will um, walk you through templates. And I went in and chose a template and made sure that it matched 
my brand and the things that needed to be in a contract. Spoke with the attorney about it and now it's my contract. And do you seek an attorney very often for advice? No, I would say with contracts and just getting a little bit of advice regarding who to seek out for an accountant. Those were probably the only two times in the last year and a half I've needed an attorney. And it's good to kind of have a relationship with an attorney sure. and an accountant. Sure, absolutely. What are your revenue streams? That's a loaded question. <laughs> and that's also my most frequently asked question. People are a little mystified by what I do and rightfully so. I don't understand your job, right? I don't understand engineers. And so I understand that people don't understand mine. Revenue streams, so I have ads on my website. So if you click on my website, I'm going to make a tiny bit of money. And I don't mind having these ads on my website because I'm providing complimentary content. The way I see it is you can scroll past a couple of ads because I'm giving you free content. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to subscribe to something. I also offer advertising options for business. So I have an 80-20% balance of 80% advertisement options and then 20% whatever I want to share because writing is my passion and I like to share some topics too. I would say those are my two biggest revenue streams. Then I have a couple of affiliate revenue streams as well. Can you tell us how an affiliate program works? Sure. So it really works just like a, a shoe salesperson or someone selling you furniture or pottery barn. You make a percentage of what someone buys. So depending on the brand, it may be 2% or it may be 12% of someone's purchase. How do you find those products to become partners with? That's also a loaded question. There are a lot of ways. So there are third-party advertisers that I'm signed up with that will link us together. I also will just link to things that I love that are in the programs for affiliates. Yeah, different, different avenues. The affiliate programs are are growing because they're such a win for all parties. It costs the, the buyer nothing. The person selling the product makes a small commission and then the person who's created the product sells a product. So it's a win for all parties. Do you strategically post? Yes and no. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about what your strategy is? Sure. So one of my strategies is that I generally share to my Instagram stories every single morning. I will go through my Instagram feed and share things that I believe are valuable for my followers. This is complimentary to businesses. It is truly designed to say, hey community, thank you for following me. Here is five to ten things I think you should see today that are helpful for you. So that is a strategy, but also when it comes to posting on Facebook or Instagram or when I publish my articles, I do not have a strategy simply because algorithms are always changing. I do not own Instagram or Facebook. They play games with what they want you to do and I don't play games. I do what works for me and it is working for my audience and so there's that. <laughs> You have sold All Things Madison t-shirts before. Yes. Do you have other items that you also sell and are these always available? So I do not have other items I for sale. I did just purchase a large order of other merchandise 
that I'm going to start gifting to the businesses that I work with. There really haven't been events where I could sell products and I haven't quite figured out a way that I would ship products because it's all local. And behind the scenes, there's a lot of packaging with products and that sort of thing that because I'm a one woman show, all of those things have to be taken into account. So it is something I would like to do down the road is have a function on my website where people can buy merchandise, not just all things Madison related, but just community related products. But we're not at that point yet. What tools, gadgets, software do you use for analytics or to engage with your audience? So to track my analytics, I use Google Analytics. For my Instagram scheduling, I use a website called later.com. That's very helpful. So if you go on my Instagram, you see I have a link in bio option. You can click that and it pulls up my feed. You click on a picture, it takes you right to the article. Very handy. I use Flowdesk for my email newsletter. My website is hosted on self-hosted WordPress. I love my trusty Mac computer. <laughs> I'll never have another computer. And then just my handy dandy iPhone. <laughs> did you create your website or did you have it built? I had it built. <laughs> Absolutely. I had it built actually by a local freelancer. Her name is Jackie Gill. She also did all my logo and branding. She's incredible. So that was an area of her business that she was growing at the time. So she built my website from scratch and still using it today. You are part of Trade Bank. Yes. How does that work? What is it? Sure, so Trade Bank is a national franchise and they have a location here in Madison owned by an incredible lady named Lisa Smith. Trade Bank is where you exchange payment in trade dollars. So say I have a business who I do advertising for a business in Trade Bank, he's a pressure washer. He will pay me in trade dollars. I do advertising for him. And then I now have an additional bank account of trade dollars that I can use for whatever I want, not necessarily business related. I can use it to go on a vacation if there is someone in Trade Bank that has a condo they want to sell or rent. I can use it for a new roof if there's a roofer in Trade Bank. It's really just an additional bank account where you barter. And bartering is such a great idea. Yes. And I don't believe that a lot of people know about Trade Bank. Mm -hmm. Yes, so I believe our local franchise is maybe only two to three years old at the most. So it's a new concept here in Madison. I think the best perk of Trade Bank is just the connections. If you don't wanna spend cash, but you have trade dollars, you'll go find someone within Trade Bank and see if, they're, if they have the service you're looking for, and then they make trade dollars. So there has to be a balance though, because I can't pay my normal bills on Trade Bank. So I can't do all of my stuff on Trade Bank, but it is a great way to network with other businesses here locally. And shout out to owner Lisa Smith because she's a wonderful connector. What has been your biggest success story and why was it successful? Mm -hmm. I have two, can I share two? Absolutely. Okay, in the very beginning, I felt like I had to beg businesses to give me an interview. And I was very surprised by that. I was very humbled by that because I thought I knew my writing abilities. I knew what I was bringing to the table, but what I found out is no one else did. 
they just think I'm this silly little blog. Why do they need to give me their time? So I had a really hard time finding people that would let me interview them for free. Uh, and here I am like, I'm willing to advertise for you for free. But you know, in hindsight, I understand people didn't know who I was. Well, we have this brand new restaurant that's coming to Madison. They're struggling to open because of the pandemic. This is May of 20. So I had just started my business, but everybody was curious about this business, but no one really knew what it was. It was called Tom Brown's restaurant. And I reached out to them and didn't hear back for a month. And they finally wrote me back and said, Hey, come in, come talk to us. I was thrilled and terrified. Went in, had a great interview. They spilled their guts about their restaurant and I went home and poured my blood, sweat and tears into writing the most engaging article I could write. And that article blew up. <laughs> it was read by a third of the community, at least in the first 24 hours. It really put my writing on the map. I was immediately reached out to by our local newspaper who said, who is this girl <laughs> and she can write, we want her to write for us. And so that was a huge success. And to this day, I'm great friends with the owners of Tom Brown's and really credit them with helping get me on the map. Another success story that will always be one of my favorites is I broke the news to North Alabama that we are getting what will be one of the nation's largest, most impressive zoos. I worked my connections and was, I didn't pester, but I was consistent with making sure that the right people knew that I wanted to know what was going on. And I got the interview. And I'm still not sure at the time if they quite knew who they were talking to or why they were talking to this girl. But I heard in hindsight, they were extremely happy with the information I shared. And that article put me on the map with an entire community outside of Madison who knew that I was in this to, to dig and get them the info they needed. <laughs> So I follow your newsletters okay. and <laughs> I you. like that when you were talking about the zoo, yes. one of the things that everybody wanted to know mm -hmm. was where, where, yes. And where? I, was, I was sworn to secret. They actually didn't tell me for sure where it was because they hadn't closed on the land yet, but I was given enough hints that I knew. So that was difficult because I wanted to share and share with Madison that it was relevant to them because now we know it's only going to be about 10 miles away. I think that that's great, but I was I was <laughs> waiting for that news to break because I was like, where in the world yeah. is it going to be? <laughs> right. So yeah. I think that's a great way to sort of keep people on edge yes. about when that story is gonna break. Yes. So, but you kept us right there on the edge of our seats. <laughs> right. What would you say is the number one key to success for All Things Madison? The number one key to continual success for me is looking at what is adding value to my readers and to our community and continuing to deliver that in any medium I can. Whether that is social media, email newsletter, speaking at their engagements, and just showing up on my website, continuing to provide a resource that comes to mind when people need information about our community. If people consider me that credible source, then I deem myself continually somewhat successful. <laughs> Sometimes people can go negative in comments. Sure. 
and you have had this happen. Yes. How do you deal with that and try to change that around when you have people that are wanting to go negative? So the negative comments actually don't bother me, mostly. Sometimes I'm a little annoyed by ignorance. I don't take it personally though, because I am a why person. I have a why behind everything I do, everything I type, and do very few things flippantly. So I'm generally able to come to my own defense and say, hey, I see why you thought this, but actually, let me correct you. And people generally will say, oh, okay, I get it. They didn't know at first. But I have a rhyme and reason for why I cover what I cover, why I do what I do, and I am committed to not being rude. I don't believe in being tit for tat. You're rude to me, I'm gonna be rude to you, even though I want to be sometimes. <laughs> I just try to educate someone on maybe what they don't know. But actually, generally, people are very kind to me, and I am very grateful for that. We live in an amazing community where I actually haven't dealt with much criticism, and I don't take that for granted, especially in a social media world. And I think that's the great things. Most people are positive and they appreciate what you're trying to do. Absolutely. People are very kind. Very, very kind. What does a typical week look like for mm -hmm. you? They never look the same. No two days look the same ever. You can always count on me writing articles. So I spend about three to four hours a week writing articles. That's it. But then there's also arranging a photographer. They're sending tentative marketing plans. There's responding to emails. There's engaging on social media, planning for my Mad Town Minute, putting together an email newsletter. Then there's the actual going out and about in the community to meet business owners and do interviews. Every single day looks different and that fits my personality very well. <laughs> I don't like monotony very much, so. You don't work just Monday through Friday because sometimes you're <laughs> up at the crack of dawn on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that work family life? I am very proud to say that I actually do mostly only work Monday through Friday. I have worked very, very hard for that. <laughs> I'm a mom of three girls and one of the reasons I am an entrepreneur and have chosen this route is because I do want to pursue my passions while also having the flexibility with my children. It's just priceless to me. We have our youngest daughter in preschool full-time. My older two kids are in public school. So I work really hard to work during their school hours. I don't use that time to go meet friends for lunch. I don't use that time to run errands. I work really, really hard from about seven to three, Monday through Friday. And then I will occasionally work in the evenings and maybe a little bit on the weekends, but I try really hard to just work during those hours. So earlier I said I worked about 50 hours a week. I would say that was before the kids were in school and I've pared down a little bit. So now I'm somewhere maybe about 35, 40 hours a week. And now you can probably be more productive with yes. less interruptions. Right. And I've also adopted the mindset of I'm my own boss. So if it doesn't get done and it's not hurting any of my contracts or my clients, then it's, then it's over for the night. 
we're shutting it down and it's time to be a present mom and I'm trying to avoid burnout. <laughs> so right. I, and I, that's just a continual thing. Sometimes it's hard because as an entrepreneur, there's no stop to your work. Sometimes the more you work, the more money you make. But I decided that I'm not in this to be a multi, multi-millionaire. I just want to work and support my kids and just live a good life. Where do you see this business in a year, in five years, in 10 years? That is a difficult question and something I think about a lot because this industry is evolving weekly, monthly. It will be different a year from now. So my goal is to continue evolving with the times while maintaining the resource that I am. So I don't know where that means I will be in a year or two or five or 10, but I am committed to continually learning and staying on top of trends and not getting too comfortable. And that as long as I am serving the community, then let's roll. What has been your best experience being an entrepreneur? Oh gosh, I love the time freedom. For example, I took my girls to Disney World recently and I was able to work my tail off the week prior. I was determined to have a true vacation because as we all know, when you have a social media, uh, when you have a phone and a computer, it's hard to turn off. But we all need rest mentally and physically and I wanted to enjoy my family. So I was able to work super hard and then shut it down and put it up and away messages on social media and my email and enjoy Disney World with my kids. And that is, if I can just continually do that and then come home and work a job I love and then take off when I need to, to be with my family, it just lights me up. I'm so grateful. Are you able to shut work off in the evenings to be with family or do you still find yourself answering questions from social media, your email, your phone? I shut it off, which is actually not what you're supposed to do. You generally in this industry need fast responses, quick email responses and that sort of thing. And I, that's not sustainable. That's not a dream job to me. If I have to constantly be connected to the outside world, then I'm not doing this. So that, that does not fit um, with what I want. That when I'm finished working, I will get to your messages and emails first thing in the morning. Absolutely. That's the first thing I do in the morning is make sure that everybody is responded to thoughtfully. But if it's not my work time, you probably won't get a response. And I admire that. And I think most people admire that. Yeah. You know, you, you have to separate the two. And when yeah. you have a home business, mm -hmm. there has to be some boundaries. I think there need to be boundaries. And it's really killing this industry and the people that work this industry to not shut off. And I see the negative effects of not just in entrepreneurs, but people in general, that in today's society, we are never able to fully disconnect because we always have this phone in our hands. So we are reachable 24 hours a day. And I, I just personally don't think that's healthy. And I think that we need to be able to shut our brains off. I'm a very social person. I'm very extroverted. But when I need some quiet time, I am selfish about my quiet time. And I actually don't feel like it's rude because I will respond to you thoughtfully when I check everything in the morning. 
And are you 100% an extrovert? No. I would say I'm an extroverted introvert. I mean, you can tell that because the definition is how you recharge. And so for me, I often recharge by quiet time. And if I don't have my quiet time, then I struggle to move forward. I can't do my job. Well, I hope people see this, that what they see is what they get from me. I'm never putting on an act. I am never pumping up my energy. I'm never filming something I don't want to. I'm my own boss. So if I don't want to do it, you're not going to see me do it. So I really try to put boundaries in place that serve my audience, but that also protect the longevity and boundaries of my personal life as an entrepreneur. What has been your greatest challenge for all things Madison? Trying to wear all the hats. I'm a writer. I'm a content creator. I do not have a background in accounting. I do not have a background in contracts. I don't have a background in advertising. So the legalities of that and how to do those things that match the standards for those industries has been challenging because I want to make sure that I am giving a great product if someone is advertising with me that they would expect if they were advertising with someone else. So learning what those industry standards are has been my greatest challenge in making sure that I am not underserving my clients. Why have you been so successful? Would you say I've been so successful? I think that you <laughs> are successful. And I think the thing that makes you so successful, in my opinion, okay. is that you are able to have that connection with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I watch or I see one of your posts mm -hmm. on Instagram, you have this way that you do things mm -hmm. and are perceived a certain way mm -hmm. that make people want to gravitate towards you. Well, thanks. So I think that that is a huge part of your success. Yeah. Thanks. And trying to go out there and do that every day has mm -hmm. got to be challenging. It's not challenging. I am, you can ask any of my close friends or family members, my husband, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world to have found what I did and have and had the guts to pursue it. I combined all of my experiences and passions with writing and content creation and my knowledge, my self-taught knowledge into an industry that wasn't self-serving. I knew that this was something that would help us keep our lights on while also being extremely beneficial to the other parties involved, the businesses and the readers. And knowing that gives me so much drive because I know I'm not in it just for myself. I know that I add value, which is gratifying. And I am so grateful that this is my job. I love that it is valuable for other people. And so that lights me up, which gives me passion and drive to continue doing it every day. For example, I'll be writing an article soon. By the time this comes out, the article will probably already be out about a local cattleman who he raises cattle and he sells beef and he is so excited for people to get their hands on beef from ground beef all the way up to whole cows. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that my audience is looking for that. They want a whole cow or a half cow. 
They don't know where to find that. You can't find that on your radio station or your TV commercial, but I'm going to be able to tell people, here's where you can buy your meat this fall and winter. And you're gonna support a really nice guy and a really hardworking family by purchasing it. And I make a little money doing that. It's like the coolest thing ever. So you hit on something, you know, the guts to start this business. Yes. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do is hardest just things. get started. Just get started. How do you get started? Just do it mm -hmm. and kind of go from there. And just work really hard. Work really hard and think about things before you get started. Do your research. I think also it's important to be okay with investing in your business. If you have a well thought out idea, you have a business plan, then it is okay to invest in yourself and go for it. What would you do differently if you had to do it all over again? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, we learn as we, as we go along. Yeah. Having that knowledge and actually being on the ground, learning it, mm -hmm. makes you a better person in the long run. Sure, I'm, absolutely. I have learned, when I look back at the very beginning, a year and a half ago, I just laugh at the things that I didn't know and I'm surprised that I made it. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I think well said by you that there are things that you're going to learn as you go and there is a lot that I'm going to continue to learn. Hopefully not in too hard of a way, but I'm sure at times it'll be in a difficult way. But you navigate that. And I think also just understanding why you're doing it. I really have a very clear understanding of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that is so important on the hard days. That if you are just doing it to make money, if you are just doing it for X, Y, or Z, it could be difficult at times. What advice would you give to others wanting to start a blog for actually a business? <laughs> that there is a lot more that goes into it than just getting to post on Instagram. That is the biggest misconception is that, oh, she posts on Instagram and gets these free things and all she has to do is write about it. And, you know, I understand why people think that because like I said earlier, you don't see the ins and outs of everyone's job. So of course on surface level, I don't share the ins and outs of what I do, but I think my biggest advice would be to Get your hands on as much as you can about what this industry is before you decide to go for it. Because there are parts of this business that are so polar opposite than just posting on social media that could be a deal breaker for you. And it's a very public job. So if you do it and you decide it's not working, it's not an easy one to bow out of because it's very public. Do your research before you get into it. There's so much more that goes into anything. If you haven't done mm -hmm. a particular job before, right. you really don't know all that goes into it until you do it. Absolutely, right. But there are many, many courses and ways to learn as this industry has grown. And this one is no different. You can get your hands on courses and hire consultants to share what a day in the life looks like. I'm available to hire for that. I've actually started some consulting as well. Not that I have consulting background, but what I do have is a brain and experience and I'm happy to share that with anyone that wants to know how I do what I do. So, hey, I'm available for hire. I truly believe that there's room for everyone at the table in this business. 
that if someone reads my site, they're still going to listen to your podcast. That they're gonna read my site, they're still gonna read someone else's book or they're gonna follow someone's Instagram. We don't take anything from each other. And I love that it's not competing. I don't, I don't compete with anyone because everyone has their own language, their own vibe, their own way they do things. And so you can follow as many people as you like and they don't take away from me and I don't take away from them. Everyone has their own voice and their own way of doing things. And I think that is also key in this industry is doing what is natural for you. And that if you're trying to mirror what someone else is doing, it generally doesn't work out well. People see through it. People see through it. You have to use your own gifts, your own talents, your own strengths, and do what you're setting out to do in your own way and not mirroring someone else. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to this interview? I am so grateful to do this job. I am so grateful. When I was working the public speaking job that I talked about earlier, I had a moment where I walked into a public school, I told them who I was, they got me set up, I met all these high school kids, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Like, this is like the best day of my life over and over again. I just, it was such a great feeling. I felt so fulfilled, and it set the bar for future jobs that I wanted to find a job, if I could, that would light me up the same way, that would serve other people, but that was unique to my gifts and talents. And I'm so grateful to have found it. I love what I do. And I'm just super grateful for people that like my writing and like to read my site. So if that's you, thank you. Because it wouldn't work if people didn't read it. Oh, like, it's definitely me. And <laughs> well, thank I you. think that all the businesses in Madison you know, for so long, I think people were going to Huntsville mm -hmm. to do everything. And now Madison is growing so much. Yeah. And having someone out there that is an advocate for them like you are, mm -hmm. I think that is such a wonderful gift to give to this community. So, well, and I really do think that you are a gift. Well, thanks. <laughs> so anyways, well, thanks. there you have it. Erica Despain, owner of All Things Madison, another great Alabama entrepreneur. And thank you so much, Erica. Thank you for having me. If you want to enhance your experiences throughout the great state of Alabama, I urge you to seek out locally owned small businesses. They will certainly increase your happiness. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving it a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening.